The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by Live Casino Hotel Philadelphia. And the Eagles are the top team in the NFL, a record of 9-1. and one. And we're going to bring in a guy right here. He knows about being 9-1 and because the last time the Eagles were 9-1, and one, they went on to win the Super Bowl five years ago. Malcolm Jenkins, former Eagles Pro Bowl safety, an Eagles legend, one of the best free agent signings in Birds history. How you doing these days? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. The birds are nine and one, you know, life is good. Yeah. And you're in Philly a lot. You're in Philly right now. So give me an idea of the vibe that you sense around the Eagles. You also had the Phillies World Series run. That was pretty cool. But the vibe in the city with the Eagles being the top team in the NFC and the NFL. Yeah, you know, there's always a lot of energy whenever the Eagles are doing well um, here in Philly. But I was I was surprised. To be honest, you know, uh, the last time we had this much success early in the season, uh, the team, the city was a little bit more hesitant to to just embrace it and lean into it. Now, you know, all you heard all year was about trying to go undefeated and all these other things. Philly's a little different this time around, <laughs> but uh, obviously the energy is high, uh, a lot of high expectations. So right now, when you look at the NFC, let's not worry about the AFC. There's some really good teams there. But when you look at the NFC, boy, I mean, the Eagles are 9-1, but you see the Vikings, the Cowboys, uh, they're right behind them. Even the Giants are in there. Yeah. 49ers now looking very formidable. Uh, yeah. Who would even you the have as the – yeah. yeah. How would you uh, rate the teams in the NFC right now? I mean, honestly, even if you did jump to the AFC, I think it's the same over there. You have the Eagles, obviously, with a two-game lead pretty much on everybody. So they've got, you know, the games ahead. But when you look at that next tier, it's hard to say who's the next best team. The 49ers look awesome, especially after adding McCaffrey. You got the commanders that are all of a sudden red hot, uh, even beating the Eagles um, that can make a splash. The Giants are right there. Cowboys, obviously. Uh, Vikings, even, you know, when they play their best, they're a team that's right there. All of it's shaping up for just an interesting December and an interesting uh, playoff uh, bracket. But um, I think once you drop be- below the Eagles, I think it's really anybody's game. To me right now, I like the 49ers. D'Amico Ryans has that defense playing well. That offense is super physical and versatile. Um, Jimmy G's doing a great job. He's got a steady quarterback. So I, th- I think I personally like the 49ers as that next team up. But um, it's really the pick of the litter. Yeah, how about going back to 2017 when you guys had home field advantage throughout the playoffs? When you look at the Eagles having this two-game lead right now, but you do have games against the Giants and Cowboys coming, give us an idea of just how important getting that home field advantage throughout the playoffs is because you experienced that. Yeah, I think the next month of football is is that is the prime, you know, um part of the season, especially for the Eagles. When you've the faster you can get to that number one seed is is also the key to it. You don't want to be in a dogfight come week 
you know, 17 uh, when the last game and then you got to, you know, then you lose it and you just been, you got to go right into the playoffs after being, you know, kind of high on emotions. So you want to rack up those wins as fast as you can. So the last two weeks of the season, you're resting your starters. You're not having to play in these emotional games, especially as we're talking about these in these divisional games that come up. This is where we'll know what this Eagles team is going to be made of. Uh, and they got the opportunity to control their destiny really in the next four weeks. Now, you have won two Super Bowls, and going back to the one you won with the Saints, I believe you guys were 13-0, and and I'm sure everybody was talking about a possibility of an undefeated season because people in Philly were already talking about that here at 8-0. and Give me an idea, 13-0, and you had a loss or two. I think you had a couple losses. In the end, do you think that that, in a way, can help you? Because we saw the Eagles lose when they were 8-0, and and maybe it kind of reset them. Yeah, honestly, um, I, I felt bad because I think I jinxed him. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, I sat, uh, I was at practice and I talked with Jason Kelsey and I was, you know, just like, man, I, I love the focus that the team has. I said, honestly, I kind of hope that y'all lose one just <laughs> just to kind of dispel all of the the undefeated talk, because that undefeated team that, that everybody wants to talk about, the Dolphins are not Super Bowl champions. So nobody cares about like being undefeated nobody I can guarantee you nobody in that locker room if you check all their notebooks at the beginning of the season wrote we want to be undefeated as a goal it's always we want to win a division first number one seed into the playoffs Super Bowl and that's it so sometimes you need that to get humble to get back to the grind to really like stop focusing on what people are saying but I think this team under Jalen Hurts and Kelsey Fletcher Cox BG They've got this team very, very focused in the day-to-day grind, staying in the moment. They know they have an opportunity. But yeah, now that now that, that undefeated stuff is, is out of the window, they can win ugly games like they did last week against the Colts when, you know, people style points really don't matter. You just need the W. You need to figure out a way to get into the end zone, uh, and get out on the road and, and get that win. And they did. And those are the things that really matter as you build up to that one game or the one opportunity uh, later in the year. Yeah, a lot of people now say the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC the way they beat the Vikings because the Eagles didn't dominate the Colts. But give us an idea, when you're in the locker room every single week, it's really tough to beat a team handily every week. Do you think in the end a win like that on the road in Indianapolis helps because you faced adversity and you were able to pull it out? 100%. You need to learn those lessons about yourself as you go. The Eagles have been doing, you know, they've been undefeated, you know, until then. Uh, just blowing through everybody, been looking great. Everybody's doing well. They've got specials about you every time you touch the field. You know, there's all these things happening, um, but you never really get to test like your own weaknesses or your own uh, abilities. And I think losses and adversity, they force you to reevaluate. They force you to to think about that. And they, you learn things about yourself. And I think what the Eagles have learned is that they are not a front running group. They're not somebody who can just dominate front when things are well, but they can weather the storm, come back and uh, and establish themselves in a game, you know, um, when they need to. And I think that that's a lesson that they'll know later in the down the year when they're playing better teams with more on the line. So the Eagles right now, the defense has given up around 18 points a game. Cowboys lead the NFL like 16.7 points. Eagles are only giving up 300 yards a game. That's second best in the NFL. They've got the most takeaways in the NFL, the third most sacks. But being in Philly, we still hear noise about Jonathan Gannon. So why do you think that is, Malcolm? Uh, I mean, I don't know. But, you know, a lot of it is sometimes you got to know what to ignore. You know, the numbers and the statistics don't lie. Um, But at the same time, 
we you got to focus on the results, right? Do are we winning? And 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 are we? Do we have a team that looks like they can continue to to win as we move forward? And they do. And I think, of course, you're gonna have a couple of performances here or there. Might not be the style that you want uh, that we've been used to, but is it effective? And does it complement this team in particular? And I think that it's unequivocally yes. And so, you know, you look at the team like Dallas's defense um, and what they're doing. Just the the players that jump off this this the screen, you know, that's fine. But you want guys to fly under the radar that's unassuming where, you know, you don't necessarily point out one or two players and make them a star, but did you turn on the tape and everybody's balling? Um, I love that about this Eagles team. I think it's exactly how it should be. Continue to get a little dirt on your jerseys where people doubt you, whether it's the coaches, the players, you know, continue to, to uh, compare you to the Dallas's and the Vikings and Giants. That's great for this Eagles team. That's what they need to hear as they move into this month of December more than they've heard all year about how good they are in their green uniforms. <laughs> and, and we're going to talk about a great event you're going to have coming up in Philadelphia next week. And Eagles fans can get out there. CJ Gardner Johnson's going to be there. When you talk about CJ Gardner Johnson, all the interceptions that he's had, how proud are you? And are you kind of watching as a mentor about how well he's doing here in this defense? A hundred percent. I think there is, this is my first year, you know, being in a seat where I'm just watching games and not being able to participate. And nothing has gotten me out of my seat more than watching CJ Garner Johnson play uh, this year. Just because I was just with him last year, he's been somebody that as soon as I got onto uh, the Saints and went back, he reached out to me and has been trying to pick my brain for every bit of in information that, you know, he can get, to which I've opened up my entire book. And, you know, that's like the little bro. And to see him come to Philly and have the success that he's having, um, and he's playing out of position, which is the the most mind boggling thing of it all to me, is just a super. I'm super proud of it. It's it's fun to watch as a fan of the game, just what he's doing. It's fun to watch as a friend and a mentor, as a teammate. Um, but obviously, what he's added to this team too is, I think, just what they needed in that secondary. Now. We've seen some of the videos about how vocal he is, how he lets his personality out, a lot of trash talking. We saw what he did to the Falcons uh, banner at the game, throwing the football at him. I'm getting a sense. I like his personality. I still see some of it, but I'm getting a sense that he's tempered it maybe a little bit coming into the locker room here with the Eagles. Do you, do you get that sense as well? No, I think, well, I think it's, it's growth and maturation, right? He's, he's still a young player. And I think one of the things that I love about him the most is that he's a lot smarter than he puts off, right? And he's somebody who a lot of people will look at him and judge a book by his cover and, and, and won't think that he's an intelligent person, but he's very calculated. And all of the things that he does is very much, um, you know, he, he thinks about and, and puts a lot of thought to. So when I watch how he does, how he agitates players on the field, you know, as a teammate, you love it. Like it's a tactical advantage in a game. He's gotten multiple people kicked out of, you know, games, big time games, playoff games. That helps our team, right? So I tell him all the time, never change, be yourself because he doesn't get penalties, right? So I love it. And I think, you know, we talk about why the Eagles fans love me is because I had grit, I had fight, I talked trash, I flew around and gave everything I got. And you get that every day with CJ Gardner-Johnson. And I think that's why, you know, right now he's getting embraced uh, by the city. Now, when the Eagles were working out a possible trade with the Saints for him, did they consult, consult you and talk to you about what he could bring to the team? Well, I had a conversation with, with Howie Roseman um, just about it real quick. Um, you know, just saying, hey, I vouch for him. Uh, he's a guy that I think, one, has the talent, 
But if you surround him uh, with good leaders, CJ Garner Johnson is a guy that, you know, respects strong leadership. And I think with that in place, obviously the Eagles do have that. Like he's, he's the perfect guy for the locker room. So when you look at the NFC right now, when I was watching that 49ers offense, I'm like, my goodness, Kyle Shanahan's got a good player at every spot or a great player at every spot. When you look at the 49ers, when you look at the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Eagles, when you look at having good receivers, a good tight end, good O-line quarterback, where do you think the Eagles are in the NFC? I know Dallas Goddard's hurt right now, but where do you think they are as far as having a complete offense compared to those other teams? Well, I think, you know, I think the Eagles are right up there, to be honest. And I think the Eagles are probably the only team right now in the NFC that I think can win in multiple ways. I think a lot of the teams, if they get outside of their formula, they struggle. We looked at the the Vikings when they abandoned the run and wanted to throw it all day. The, the Cowboys would destroy that. The Cowboys struggle when Dak throws the ball too much and they abandon the run. Right. The same thing with the Giants. If they throw the ball too many times, they can't rush it with Saquon. All of a sudden they can't win. Um, and I think the wild card is the 49ers because the addition of all of a sudden McCaffrey, Shanahan, it's just some new juice into that team. Jimmy G um, being back at the helm is added some stability. I think they are a team that can can ascend and continue to, to get steam. But I think right now, who's proven themselves consistently throughout the season to have the most uh, versatility when it comes to how you can win and, and how you can change your offense based on the defenses you play has to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Malcolm, when you see what Jalen Hurts did in the fourth quarter, not only he, I think he was like eight for 11 throwing the ball, some big pass plays, but the way he took over the game running and then on a fourth and two, he has two defenders, whether it's a lineman, linebacker, whoever, and this guy is able to get through these defenders. I guess those 600-pound squats, do they pay off? I mean, how much does it impress you with what he's doing? Kind of willed the team to a win in Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, when you say it's a game of inches, right? And it's like you don't talk about why those 600-pound squats, like, matter. And this exactly in these situations, these fourth and short, fourth and two, and it's not a pass play that they call. They call it a design quarterback run. And most quarterbacks will run into the back of the, the lineman. Instead, he jump cuts and gets downhill north and south and runs through, you know, two arm tackles to get just enough, you know, for that first down. That is a crucial play. We don't win that game without that, right? And, and those things come directly from his work habits in the offseasons, during the season, his physical ability to actually get that done. There are a lot of quarterbacks. We saw uh, – uh, Josh Allen couldn't get off the line of scrimmage a couple games ago. Kirk Cousins also trying to do a sneak and can't do it. Like these things are not easy to do, but he can do it because of his build, because of his work ethic, the things that he's prepared himself to do to where, you know, okay, I don't have to take over the game with my arm. Just put the game on my legs and, and will my team to victory, literally. I mean, it's amazing to see the growth. And I know you talked to him after you played against him um, to see him in the MVP conversation right now. I mean, what do you think it is? You think it's top three, top four with Jalen Hurts in the MVP conversation? I think he's in there. Honestly, the, the competition is, is so crazy right now that it changes week to week. But I think he's somebody that obviously is consistently in that conversation. Um, you know, you've had some people come and go like Tua, you know, a few of these guys, even uh, at one point, um, 
you had Lamar Jackson in the conversation for the first like three weeks. But I think one consistent name in that conversation has been Jalen Hurts. Uh, and it'll continue to stay in that conversation as we move forward. You still got, you know, your um, Mahomes and and um, and a couple other guys out there that are the Josh Allen's that are in that conversation. But again, I think Jalen has a, a really good uh, chance, especially as we move forward. I remember talking to you going into that playoff game against the Bucks last year, and Jalen did not look that great in that game, but. He's won 14 of his last 16 regular season games. Are you surprised at all about how much he has elevated his game? No, not not once they embraced who he was as a player. I think that was really the only question mark for me. Um, and, you know, I had the vantage point of playing against him two years in a row and he destroyed us. So <laughs> I got to see, you know, what, what problems he gives to a defense when you allow him the offense to complement both his legs and his arm and his intellect. Like it's, it's really difficult to defend. And so it's not surprising that once you wrap that around him, you embrace like that aspect of him, the things that make him, him and different than everybody else, all of a sudden the, the gears go, everybody around him understands how to function. The offense moves. And then it's, and then his leadership and all of the things that we love about him, Jalen, the person now they just make all of these things go. They bring your whole team together because you've embraced his skill, his skill set, his ability, his intellect. And I think, um, you know, the people who know him are not surprised by this. I didn't know him, but I knew as an as a as an opponent, I can see these things on the field. I know somebody that that has respect in the locker room. I can tell when somebody can make split second decisions and is poised. It can't be rattled. All of these things we've I've seen it as an opponent, and to see him now leading his team as in the hottest team in the league right now is just awesome. It's is really as a fan of the game, I'm really impressed. Yeah, and before I ask you about your event next week, I noticed a couple times you said we. Do you <laughs> consider yourself a Philadelphia Eagle? Always. I mean, I I still have my home here in Philly. I still call Philly home. I'm definitely um, you know, still an Eagle and root for the team and and definitely get caught in, in many conversations saying we <laughs> as, as I watch the Eagles. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. So download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. Now, it's really cool. Next week, Tuesday, November 29th at um, Xfinity Live, right? Yep. yep. Uh, 6 to 9 p.m. It's the Fantasy Blitz, and tickets are available at the MalcolmJenkinsFoundation.org website. And this is going to benefit your foundation's financial literacy and education programs. You are still giving back in a huge way to Philadelphia. So how cool is it to have an event like this where Eagles fans can come out? And I believe there's going to be some fantasy advice given out oh yeah so you know this is i haven't been in the market for a while um you know with covid and then obviously going to the Saints. so this is my first event back in the city back outside so just being able to to be around the fans at a time where the eagles are playing well was around this around some fantasy football um so have some of my friends there cj garner johnson's gonna be there connor barwin uh some of the other eagles uh former and current will be coming through. Um, and it's just a good opportunity. We've been building and doing work in Philadelphia, like, as you know, for years now. 
Um, and one of the things that we've been doing, even since in my absence, has been building a financial literacy program in partnership with some of the schools here in Philadelphia. Uh, Parkway Northwest High School is one of the ones we've one of the schools we've really uh, adopted and started to roll those things out. But we need to change the way our youth looks at thinks about money or thinks about what value what they value, and then change about what their goals are. And then once they understand what they value and what their goals are, then we can talk about money as a tool to achieve those things that you value. Um, and a lot of the times, those are the, the fundamental lessons that are missing when we talk about financial um, literacy. It's just like, what, what, it, what is it that we actually value and care about? Uh, how do we use these dollars to get the lifestyle we want, the, the security that we want? Uh, all of those things are, are very, very important in, in events like the Fantasy Blitz help us build those programs. Um, and so we've been doing a ton of work in Philadelphia with great support from the city. So please continue to support the foundation. You can buy tickets at uh, tmjf.org. Um, you know, donate, sign up to volunteer, come see us at the event. Uh, we're doing some amazing work. Yeah, and, and Philly appreciates all the things you continue to do for Philly. By the way, I know you know fantasy football because I remember a couple of your press conferences when you were a player. I remember one time, I literally think you got a text during a press conference about a fantasy like question or decision you had to make. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> yeah this I'm still very much in it. Uh, that that league that I was in yeah back when I was still playing I'm very much still a part of it. Uh, it's a little little rough. It's a little more competitive uh, nowadays, but uh, making a last minute push for the playoffs. <laughs> well, well there you go, and and fans can come out and get some good fantasy advice. By the way, Jeff Saturday becoming head coach of the Colts, he actually had to step away from the fantasy league he was in. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so that's kind of interesting. Um, I, I want to ask you about that because uh, Darren Sproles, former Saint, former Eagle, recently said, hey, I can come back if you need me to help with the uh, punt return game. We see Ndamukong Sue come at the age of 34, 35. Robert Quinn, he's up there. How about Linval Joseph? Any chance if they needed you, would you suit up again for the Eagles? Well, here the problem is CJ Garner Johnson is uh, playing my position, so I don't know, and he's 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 got it on lock right now. So I think I don't think y'all need me to be honest. Uh, so I'll just be here in spirit. But you know, you ask me that uh, later in December, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, in case something happens and they need you, I mean, CJ, you said's playing out of position. Maybe you could get back into position. But it's just interesting. You see all these guys, 34, 35. Yeah. You know, get in here in November, December and get that one last play. chance. If, if that's what you're asking me, John, I can still play. I'm still in shape. I'm still working out. You know, it's not far-fetched. I'm still in the, I'm still in it. But, uh, you know, it is – I do enjoy my seat of, of watching as a fan. But I could definitely – you know, I could come in for a stretch. <laughs> I'm telling you, we got it on record just to let everybody know in case they need you if something happens. By the way, you know, I remember talking to Kobe Bryant, and, and it's such a shame – and it's just terrible what happened with Kobe. Um, I remember him telling me that he would literally be so superstitious. He would sit in one spot on the couch if the Eagles were winning and wouldn't move. How are you as a fan now watching these birds games? Uh, I'm not, I don't have the superstitions because I didn't have them even as a, as a player that much, but I do, I do get intense when I watch the Eagles. Like, I feel like I'm in it. I can see the plays setting up, you know, it's, I feel like I'm Tony Romo. Like I can see all the things happening, <laughs> what's about to come, what's not about to happen. And it's, it's traumatic. I mean, it's, it's dramatic. Uh, it makes the game a lot more dramatic because 
you have no control over it. Like as a player, if I see something, I can go do something about it as a fan. I'm just really sitting here, you know, hoping that they see what I see. But uh, so that part is a little bit nerve wracking. I think uh, I, I stand up a lot in like right, like this close to the TV. I do that a lot, but it's uh, other than that, I'm pretty normal. And, and you're not throwing anything at the flat no, I'm not, screen? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not breaking my TVs or anything like that. I will walk. I will go walk away if I get upset, too upset. But um, I'm pretty normal so far. For a year out, I feel like I'm doing good. That's pretty impressive. So so is it more stressful sometimes watching than being in the moment? Honestly, yes, I think it is. Because in the moment, you've prepared for this moment, right? It, like, you don't hear the crowd. You're focused on the moment and it's and you kind of in your zone and so you really don't feel like that pressure as a fan you hear all the crowd noise you feel the vibration you feel the tense like the they're narrating it for you and saying hey this is for all the marbles like you you feel all of that it's a different experience as a fan and I honestly like I like it it makes for like good tv but um but even just like from the game's perspective it is interesting to see all of these other things at play that it's not just the X's and O's, but it's like this player's background, what happened to him earlier this week that is all influencing what's happening on the field. And that stuff to me is, is, um, is interesting. Well, that's cool. I need to see you doing some games then. If you've got the Tony Romo sense and you see stuff coming. <laughs> I'm not going down. Tony ruins it for everybody half the time. He's just telling <laughs> us what we, what we don't know, but uh, no, I, I can, I like, I like watching. By the way, before I let you go, uh, great event next Tuesday at Xfinity Live. You can get your tickets at MalcolmJenkinsFoundation.org. Um, Jeffrey Laurie, the Eagles owner, I believe it's 18 or 19 times now a winning record. It's been the owner since 1995, uh, and he did a lot of work, not only winning the Super Bowl, um, but with the social injustice, and he listened to you guys as players. Give me an idea of what Jeffrey Laurie means to uh, – the organization running the team the way he does and is Philadelphia one of the more special places to play because of ownership, because of the support from the top? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, what the Eagles are doing, when, when you look at the organizations that historically have had success over periods of time and, and not just Super Bowls, but like, who do you know is going to field a competitive team more often than not? Um, those organizations usually have really good ownership. And I think that the Eagles are one of those uh, stations in our, in our league that is a special place to play for. I know I felt like that when I came into the building. I know Darren Sproles felt like that when he came into the building. Jeff Lurie is, a, is somebody who is going to invest in, in everything um, to make his football players the best players they can be. Um, so everything from the weight room, the facility, all of that is top notch. The, even the cafeterias. I'm like, People sleep on that stuff like that's a big deal. Um, and and all of it is is there and he'll cut that check anytime. Um, and then one of the things that I appreciate is that one, he's very, very visible. He's around. People can see him. Um, but when it came down, when we needed him as players and we wanted to push the envelope on the social justice um, commentary and use our platforms, um, that kind of immediately put us put us, you know, at odds with team ownership. Um, but he was somebody who created an environment that allowed us to use our voices where he didn't put himself as a, as a hurdle or impede what we were trying to do. 
And I know I appreciated that um, as a player, just to be able to, um, you know, even if even if you didn't endorse it or stand next to me, just allowing not staying in the way was a big deal, especially around those times. And I think from those moments till now, uh, as an organization, they've done numerous things in the city to to help with, you know, especially player driven things that uh, the organization has gotten behind, whether it be individual foundations. Uh, things about criminal justice reform, gun violence. Um, it's just been uh, a, a great body of work when you talk about in a team owner who not only can outfit a really good program and football team, uh, but have impact uh, through his players in the community, but also through the organization in the community. Well said, and this is another special run, and it's cool that you're watching it just like Eagles fans. Before I let you go, one final question. When you were watching Monday night against Washington, C.J. Gardner-Johnson called for the out-of-bounds hit. Didn't think it was. Brandon Graham, the hit on the quarterback, and then face mask not called on Dallas Goddard. How close to the TV were you? Honestly, uh, the the C.J. Gardner-Johnson hit, that one got me That one got me upset because uh, he was clearly still in bounds. Um, but, you know, those things – happen right that's part of as part of the the season so half of me that night was like you know what this is exactly what we needed but the other half of me was mad that we lost so it's it was it was hit or miss those things but you're gonna run into those games right where referees don't the calls don't go your way or you get a couple bad bounces that you can't just turn it over and lose you got to be able to bounce back and find a way and muster away so I think those are going to be lessons for this team as they look at, you know, they evaluate the film, they'll see those opportunities that they had to get back into the game or to make a different play here or there, spite of in spite of the reps. And I think those are going to be that's the mentality of like somebody who's going to be undenied, a team that's going to make a way regardless of the hurdles in front of them. And, and I think that's what you'll see out of this team. All right. Well, we're all going to be watching Sunday night just like you will be, and then uh, we'll see you Tuesday night for a great event. Yep. See so yeah, yeah, John. Thanks for MCing as well. Let's go. You're going to co-host. It's going to be a good night. We're going to have some fun. Yeah, let's do it. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. No problem, buddy. Thanks, Malcolm. All right. Oh, mom, so flaky.